0: This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast.
1: This is Double Tap Canada from AMI-audio, the place where blind people talk tech.
2: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, with you once again this week. Sean Priest is with me. Hello, Sean. Hooray, I'm here. Hello, Stephen. How are you? You say hooray, but, you know, let's be honest. Most people go meh. Um, just, you know, I'm just putting out. No. I want to be honest uh, with you, Sean. I no, don't to to Stephen.
3: No, okay.
2: Thank you. Maybe it's hooray,
3: meh. No, that's
2: it, I'm upset already Oh well, my standards have been set I am a happy man Uh, Someone said to me last week You know, I had the beginning of your show And uh, in the first five minutes You pretty much slaughtered Tim for being ill And uh, accused Sean's wife of something horrendous What is going on with you, Stephen? I think it's
3: an age thing They didn't know you very well, though (laughs) That's the usual par for the course of
2: Stephen Scott. Every week it's the same. Uh, This is a place where blind people talk tech. If you want to get involved, we are always looking for your feedback at ami.ca. That's the email address. Feedback at ami.ca. Grab a note taker, grab a braille display, grab a computer, grab someone else's computer if you feel like it, uh, and take a note of the number. We'll give you that later as well. And uh, you can call and leave your voicemails as well. Just remember to tell us. I don't know why I struggle with the word remember.
0: Remember. I think
2: I'm gotten to say remind, but I end up with a remember. <laughs> anyway, uh, remember <laughs> to uh, let us know that it's OK to use your voicemail on air. Or we can't, because then AMI will be sued, and I'll be shot, and all of that. Ooh. Right. Let's get into our topic this week, shall we? Uh, I want to talk about Braille because Braille is still important in 2020. There, Sean, I said it. Hey, hey, I'm not arguing with you. I totally agree with you. No, how dare you? I'm telling you. (laughs) Braille is still relevant in 2020, right? Uh, You can tell I've had coffee today. Um, I really wanted to talk about this because I am in love. I'm in love. I'm in love with the Braille display. feel like Oprah there for a second. Braille. Um, Yeah. Well. Right. Calm (laughs) down now. Take a breath. Uh, Right. Okay. Look. Braille displays are all the rage for me at the moment. I'm using a Focus 14 Braille display, and I am loving it. I am oh. mcdonalds over here. Um,
3: <laughs> we know you are. You don't <laughs> shut up about it.
2: Well, listen, I, I, I don't want to be the only one to, to rant about it this week. So I thought we'd get a special guest on this week who knows all about it far more into Braille than I am. Because I am still dipping my toe in some ways at very early days for me in Braille. Learned it now over the past, what, year and a half I've been learning? So, yeah, I, I think it's now the time to bring someone on who actually knows Braille properly and can talk... Um, Effervescently about it There's a big word for you Well done Ask Lady A to Spell that one (laughs) If you can pronounce it Um, I think I just did it For the first time in my life Uh, Rhonda Underhill-Gray Is from the CNIB And joins us now uh, From Toronto Hello to you Rhonda
4: Hello. I, um, I'm, I've i got to tell you guys, I'm a little nervous after hearing that intro.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah, is.
4: Because yeah, yeah. okay, well, it was so uh,
2: professional, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Most people hang up by now, Rhonda. Don't worry about well,
4: it. Well, you see, you, you know, you sort of think about, well, I'm am am a little nervous. I'm coming on with these tech guys and I'm going to talk on a tech program. Uh, I know about Braille a bit, a little bit about tech, but I was like, ooh, it might be over my head. But I'm kind of feeling a little more relaxed now. So thanks, Excellent.
3: <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm glad we've made you feel relaxed. Don't panic. We know nothing.
2: I said blind people talk tech. I didn't say we know anything. Um <laughs>
4: So my my curiosity is, are you learning to read Braille with your toes since you're dipping your toes into Braille?
2: Well, I started off with the classic Braille device. I, I'll tell you, I'd probably be better at it. I'd uh, probably, probably go on better. But no, I, I'm using my Perkins Brailler at the moment to, because uh, of course the key thing here with learning, Rhonda, is you've got to learn to read as well as write. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but actually when you're learning Braille, and, and you know this, Sean, there was a period where, you know, t- trainers would really only focus on the reading part or the writing part, never really together. And I remember when I started my course, that was the thing they kept talking about, was how you couldn't get a course that would teach you both. It was it was almost a make a choice. You can read Braille or you can write Braille, which I always thought was ridiculous. But what's your experience? When did you first learn it?
4: Well, I mean, when you think about when we're teaching children in school to read and write, we don't teach them to read first and then write. We We combine that, yeah, right? Yeah. So why would and I think that people, you know, I've heard Braille referred to as a different language. I've heard it referred to as a code. Uh, and it's really a literacy basic. So why would we be teaching people differently when it comes to Braille? I mean, obviously, teaching them to read it with their fingers and not their eyes if they've got any vision, is always a good idea. And you have a whole lot of simulated Braille, which actually drives me a little bit uh, over the deep edge. But I was in grade one when I started learning Braille. I was seven years old, probably by the time I seen my name in Braille. And when I think about that, it actually, you know, makes me really angry. Because when do children who are learning to see as is they, is their eyes develop and whatever, I mean, they're seeing their name almost from, you know, month one or two, you know, parents are like, oh, this is your name, and they're showing it to you. And kids who are Braille readers often do not see their name until grade one or even grade two. depending on who's teaching the braille. So when you think about that, the association of seeing your name printed somewhere or seeing your name and, and recognizing that as being the, the print version of you and, By the time a child is six or seven and they're just seeing their name then, you don't have that same connection to how your name is written. So I am a really big believer the earlier we can get little fingers on Braille dots, the better. That's a
3: really good point. I didn't even think of that. No, not at all. It's
4: just kind of interesting because, you know, kids are showing books and, you know, there's so much visual stimulation out there. And we don't do that same effort for children who can't see or who can't see well uh so that's um you know it's a big a big deal so my personal belief is that you can't and should be teaching people to read and write at the same time I don't know there's probably a lot of educators who are listening to me going no 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 this is why we do it this way but we don't do it that way for sighted kids so why would we do it differently for kids who can't see
3: i've had both experiences i've had one lesson where it was very much just focused on okay let's get your writing skills up there and the other one which was you need to read every line that you've just typed because i think the point is that well from what i i know and what people have told me is that actually getting that tactile feeling and getting that uh skill up to par Is something that really does take time, and that's something that you've got to concentrate on more. Lots of people say that learning to type using Braille, which is what I've been looking into, um, really isn't that difficult. The the real hard work comes into learning to read Braille.
4: And I I think back when I was being taught, we always used to do what they call bra- uh, pre-braille skills. So it was lines and shapes on paper that you learn to track with your fingers. So I remember doing that at about the same time they introduced us to the Perkins Brailler, which, you know, you, I think, Steve, you mentioned you have one. Yeah, It's going to be your best friend. It really is because... It's not my neighbor's best friend,
2: I'll tell you that. It's, um, <laughs> oh, it's not oh, the quietest of things, anybody, is it?
4: Anybody who lives with you, it's a, wait till <laughs> you start using the Braille Embosser. Um, oh, yeah. But the, uh, the Braille uh, Perkins... I mean, the the technology is amazing, and we've come so far in what we've been able to create and and have available to us, but I go back to the Braille Perkins quite frequently simply because it's always going to work, and it's no, uh, you know, it's not the batteries aren't going to die and all of those kinds of things, so it's kind of like a pen and paper. I mean, there's also the Braille slate and stylus, and so when you're talking about learning Braille and typing and reading, uh, for those who, I guess, started to use this slate and stylus it was a little bit more complicated because you actually type when you're pushing the button uh, the little pin the stylus into the slate you're actually writing backwards which probably works for you guys over there but not so great for us here in Canada well hang um, on
3: hang (laughs) on we don't we don't read backwards (laughs) over here
4: you drive backwards, don't you? Like does. Uh, I'm not sure if we write that way,
2: but it's interesting because I always thought the slate. It made me think of you know the old um, what was it they did in the old days with the the the, the I want the word I'm looking for the the, the a chisel stone. <laughs> yeah, the chisel and the stone. Essentially, you know that's what I always think of with a with a slate. I always think that's really old tech. You know, come on. Um, and and this is the question, but this is the question, isn't it? What is where are we with Braille today? Do you think, Rhonda? Because you know, I, I think a lot of people probably in their minds think of Braille, if they think of Braille at all, as something which is paper-based, which takes up a lot of space. Uh, you know, I think about growing up. I remember I used to get a catalogue delivered by my local blind association, and the, the postman had to deliver it over the period of three or four days because <laughs> when he would carry it up to the house, he could only bring so many without you know popping a hernia. So, you know, it wasn't much fun for him. And I think a lot of people think of Braille that way, but it has changed a lot. Um, but the message doesn't seem to be getting through because the numbers of kids, especially, learning Braille is way down.
4: I have to ask yourself why that is. I think that the world in general thinks, oh, we've got, you know, iPhones that talk and iPads that read and talking books and audio books and everybody's listening to audio books. Um, so what, why do we need to be teaching children to read braille in the first place? Mm. And the reality of it is, and sometimes what happens with a lot of you know students is their vision might be one that is going to deteriorate. And so when they're in grade one, they can read 12 point font. By the time they're in grade six, it might be up to 19 or 20 or even higher. And by that point, now you're asking someone who is virtually going to be moving into a world where print is not the optimal choice to learn another way of communication. And so the challenge is, I mean, if you think about it, if you were to tell a sighted parent that they were, you weren't going to teach their sighted child to read because while they really didn't need to learn how, because while the talking, you know, there's everything talks and there's things in the world that will allow them not to have to read things. I mean, that would be considered inappropriate, Definitely. and it would also be really like, who's not going to teach people to read? Yeah. So I mean, that's virtually what we're doing to children with limited or no sight by not teaching them braille. We are barring their right to literacy because the basics of when do you stop? and I, I mean this is you know this is certainly true of Rhonda. Um, when you know, where does the punctuation go? If you're not seeing that right? How do do you ever learn that? And you can listen and hear and and, uh, all of those wonderful things, which are terrific, but there's no literacy. There's no, I got to tell you, the first time I hooked up a braille display and started reading email that was coming, you know, through my work email and started to realize how my colleagues' names were spelled, it was it was truly eye opening, no pun intended. Um, but it was really kind of cool because I didn't know how things and I still make really big mistakes because of those sort of not uh really great literacy skills because I was really lucky in that I learned to use braille in grade one through four or five. And then I had a uh, math. Math was a challenge for me. So I used to take a piece of print. I have probably about 2% vision, which means that if I was going to read print, it would probably be comfortably probably at about a 36 font. So back then, we couldn't do all the stuff that we do with fonts now. um, And it would just take forever. So what was happening was that I would sit there with a notepad uh, and figure out the answer in math in print and then I'd type it into braille and so my my teacher's like why are we doing this shouldn't you be using just all print and so there was a big movement then to if you had any vision at all to try to get you to use that vision and to use print so my reading speed slowed down significantly because I couldn't see as many letters and I was reading three or four words at a minute really slow (laughs) because that's what I was seeing and as you can probably already figure out, my brain works significantly faster than that. So it was incredibly frustrating for me. As a, mine doesn't. I
2: just yes, bit, yes. Like Mine doesn't. You, do you kind of like that all. speed,
4: do you? Yeah, yeah. But when you
2: think, uh, that suits me fine.
4: But when you think about, you know, <laughs> when you think about that, we're asking children to learn and to absorb so much information, and if they're only reading, you know, at a at a very slow level because the print needs to be so big. I really am a big believer. Teach them to use braille. Let them make that choice later on for themselves. Especially if they have some kind of a condition that you know may deteriorate. Learning braille as an adult can be done, and I know some amazing braille users that learned it, you know, even into their fifties. But generally, Phew. people don't want to work that hard at that point. To, Sean to doesn't. Learn no, he won't new. do it. Definitely.
2: Sean won't do that. But but here's the thing. I mean, for me, it was exactly that. My doctors were very clear at the beginning. Told my mother. I was was born with this eye condition. Um, Well, actually, it was four eye conditions, but I don't like to brag. Um, But yeah, I uh, (laughs) I was born with them. And as a result, what happened was they said, well, these conditions will never get to a stage, you know, cumulatively that you'll ever lose your sight. So therefore, it was seen as, well, that's it then. Your vision is stable. It will remain as it is. It's not great, but it's certainly not going to get any worse. So part of me thought, and, and my parents thought, obviously, well, that's fine. Uh, So forget Braille, you don't need that, Uh, just use large print. And I was okay with that to a point, but I realize now when I look back, and it's interesting you talk about maths, I had a terrible time at school trying to read and keep up with things because obviously I couldn't see as much as I thought I could see, right? And I'm trying to sort of push past this and my eyes are getting tired, but you know you're a kid and you're always tired anyway because you're always bored and everything. So, you know, all this is going on. And you're trying to think to yourself, what's the what's the solution here? What do I do? And, and later in life, I realized that I really should have had Braille. I, I know friends of mine who had learned Braille at school, those kids were completely blind or, or very close to it, meaning that Braille was, you know, like, it, was a, it was a gateway for them. It was like, yeah, you just have to have this. And I just wish I'd had it when I was at school because then if I had had Braille then, I'd be... Well, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd be any more successful because I'm still an idiot. But at the same token, you know, I can I can talk for a living. That's that's yes. I, I can handle that. You'd be an um, idiot
3: that knew braille. I'd be which, an idiot yeah. that knew braille. Exactly. I can braille
2: idiocy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and a literal idiot uh, or a literal idiot or whatever. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Says it all, doesn't it? Um, but you know, I think the point is that you know it, it wasn't something that was given or offered to me. It was actually offered to me. I think I was about 14, 15 at the time. And it was one of the teachers who'd come in. She was just learning it herself. And she wanted to sort of practice with a student. And I said, yeah, I'll do it. And um, I got as far as grade one. And then we stopped because she left. And there was no hunger for it to continue. But that was an optional thing. And let's be honest, Rhonda, don't give kids a choice on anything. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. Because all <laughs> we'll do is say, no, I don't want to do that. Does it mean doing more things? I don't want that.
4: So I had a grade 10 math teacher who, I uh, know it's grade 11 math teacher, who said that he would pass me if I promised never to take another math class. <laughs>
3: that sounds so good.
4: what do you think I did? I made the promise, right?
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
4: So you're right. I mean, children, and I think that parents aren't given uh, often a choice. And I mean, I'm going to probably be in big trouble for saying this, but mm-hmm. the reality of it is, is in the school system, I don't know about, anywhere else but here in canada and specifically here in toronto if a child is lo- is using braille or needing to learn braille they get many more hours a week from this the special uh, vision special teachers teachers oh, the specialists right, okay. right. so from a budgetary perspective uh they don't have the 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 means to support that and so I have to ask myself with little kids that I do know that I believe and I mean I'm not an educator so you know what do I know but kids that are not seeing well enough to read print and are suffering from significant headaches there's a lot of philosophy out there that says if a child has vision make them use their vision because that will strengthen their eyes. But how many of these little guys are going home at night just exhausted from eye strain and headaches because they're being encouraged to see as much as they can when simply if they were using and learning Braille, and I'm not saying all kids, I I really have no right to say anything of the sort, but I I think that there's a lot of kids who are suffering a lot more because of not being offered by not being encouraged to use the braille
2: but don't you think i mean look this is a slightly different topic obviously but i think when it comes to school kids i think and especially those of us who are blind or uh, severely sight impaired partially sighted that we are encouraged to do more we also feel in some respects even as as a young kid i felt this that you had to do more you had to push yourself further than everyone else to succeed And, and that of course in turn creates its own problems which later in life you don't, until later in life you don't realise. Uh, look, I want, just before we, we cu- cut to break, I just want to uh, mention about the Braille display, because I have been moaning, well, not moaning, actually, the opposite for once, um, cheering on the success of the Braille display uh, in my life. I'm loving it. I've got the Focus 14 here. I'm going to do a live demo for you, right? I've got it in front of me here. This could go horribly wrong right but let's try it i hope so um yeah you you want it to go bad right okay fine uh, right so what i've got in front of me here is the focus 14 braille display it has eight keys uh obviously your dots one two six but also dots seven and eight as well as you need for computers uh, you've got your Braille display, which is 14 cells. On the front, you've got um, selector buttons. You've got panning buttons. And on the top of the device, just under the keys, you've got rockers and a button as well, almost like you're looking at two letter eyes, uh, And at the top of the dot of the letter I is your selector. And then below that, you've got a rocker, which goes up and down. And on the right-hand side, that's the one that I use to navigate around my phone. So I'm on my home screen now on the iPhone. And all I have to do on the right-hand side rocker is just arrow down. Oh. And that's me in the home button. Item Store. Okay, so that's me now. I'm on the icons. I'm going through the apps.
1: Photos. Calendar. F- notes. Wallet. Activity.
2: So you're getting the idea, right? So I'm just moving around using that rocker, which is really simple. Now, if I choose to go to... <laughs> I'm not going to go to the activity one, I'll tell
1: you that. <laughs> Camera. Social folder. Ten, entertainment folder. Yeah, let's go, folder, into... yeah, social let's go folder, to social, apps, right? So this is
2: my folder, which has got all my uh, social apps in there. So I'll uh, tap on that.
1: Social. Heading.
2: And bearing in mind, I'm not using the, the screen at all. I'm using purely the Braille display. The dot and the letter I on the right-hand side, as I call it, the letter I, is the rocker with a button above it. Um, I'm just using that as a selector, and then the arrow uh, below that. So I'm going to uh, go down till I
1: find uh, Twitter, Facebook, Messenger, WhatsApp. Oh, I was hoping Twitter, for Tinder. Okay.
2: Oh, you're not going to get that here. Instagram, right. Twitter, I think we just item. went by There we go. So there it's there. We're going to go into Twitter.
1: Settings. Button. OK. Button. Twitter. Selected. Home tab. New items.
2: So here I am in Twitter. Uh, now, I, what I can do and what I love about this, Sean, is you know there's the four-finger single tap that will get you to the top of the screen, which is often what I do. Or if you know what you're looking for is at the bottom of the screen, uh, you can start there by doing a four-finger single tap. And that's either at the top of the screen or the bottom of the screen. Yep. Um, you, can re- you can do the same here. Using the braille display, but by holding down the space bar and dots four, five, six to get to the bottom. Messages tab. It takes you to the messages tab, which is at the bottom right. Or if I want to go back to the top left of the screen, I can do space and uh, dots one, two, three.
1: Account menu, at Steve, button.
2: Okay, so at TikToker Steve, there I go. And if I wanted to go through my tweets, I can just arrow down.
1: See top or latest tweet. in reply to Dean Borman, Steve Bird, flag of Wales. So
2: that's giving you an idea of me just navigating through. And very quickly, there I am. I'm on Twitter and I'm reading my tweets, which, you know, in the space of a couple of seconds, that takes me ages to do. Um, Writing tweets uh, on the screen. Now, I know you have a bit of a a nightmare with the keyboard, Sean. You're not a fan, are you?
3: No, no. The on-screen keyboard.
2: So let's go to uh, the bottom of the screen again. And I think I'm actually in the mentions rather than in the... uh, in the home uh, screen. So let me go back to the bottom. I'm going to press space and four, five, six. Messages tab. And arrow up to home.
1: Notifications tab. Search and explore tab. Selected. Home tab. Oh, what's selected? selected. Right, home so tab. select
2: again. Go back to the top. Space one, two,
1: three. Account menu. Add Steve. Button. And arrow down. See top or in reply to D- Steve Bird flag of Wales. Trading 212. Invest in Brian and headphones emoji. suit Dave Brown light. Ami um, audio. Ami um, audio is running the poll for the following question. Twitter poll. NASA is opening up the job banks and putting out the call for people to apply to become astronauts.
2: Okay, so there's a tweet there. and I'm gonna go into that tweet again. I'm gonna select on it.
1: Selected. Dave Brown light. Button. Arrow down. Ami um, audio. Add More actions. Button. Twitter poll. NASA is opening. Choice one. Yeah. Choice two. No. 23 votes middle dot 18 hours. 21 minutes left.
2: So if I wanted to take part in that poll that AMI are running at this point, then I could take part in that. Um, I want to find something I can reply to, though. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back. Again, I'm going to go back. One, two, three, spacebar. Take me back. back then I wrote down Dave again. Mac- Dave brown light,
1: James bell light, Johnny Matt, Dave brown Audio. Audio is running poll for the following question. If
2: Dave Brown's liked a tweet, I'm going to like it, right? So I'm going to like that tweet as well, and I'm going to use the left-hand side rocker again. It's the same. as like letter I on the other hand, other side of the Braille display. So what I will do is I will arrow down, and that gives me the options. The same options I would have if I was swiping down with one finger.
1: Retweet.
2: Retweet. Like. There we go. Like, and again, select. Like. And there you go, I've liked to tweet. So, you know, it's a very short demo, right? But it's just to give you an idea of what it's like to use a Braille display. That's how I get around. And, of course, I can type. I can go into a field and type something. um, And all that appears on my screen as well. So
3: it's not bad, is it? No, that's really impressive. I'll tell you why I think it's impressive. It's just the speed of it, you know? There was no difference there from me using a standard QWERTY Bluetooth keyboard. And, in fact, it seemed a little bit faster and a little bit easier. I think it's
2: because what, what they've done, and I'm obviously focusing in here, like what I did, focusing on the oh, Focus 14. Oh, well yeah, done. Yeah, I, I, I've been doing that all week, and actually it's not really <laughs> intentional, if I'm honest. Uh, but, you know, the point is that this it has got these functions built in. These keys are, are on here, and those keys really are what sets this apart for me to the uh, humanware options, to the uh, well, many of the other options, I think even the Orbit reader um, oh, and also,
3: you're setting yourself up for trouble here. I'm sure someone braille will email me. Well, yeah, in and say, oh, not know. <laughs> well, I,
2: I probably am setting myself up for a fall in on this one. But what I will say is that um, you know it, it, this is what I think to be really well set up for an iPhone. You might think differently, Rhonda.
4: No, I think it's amazing. And imagine getting these braille displays and iPads into the hands of little kids. Yeah, exactly. And that's what that's what we're doing here in Toronto with the ABCs of iOS manual put a plug in there sorry well it's an amazing little manual an amazing little manual that we put had written uh cnib has had uh, diane browner who has uh, created this manual and it teaches parents and educators to teach kids who are three and up how to use a braille display and the ios products and so imagine how much easier life would be in school if you could do that with an ipad and a parent being able to look at a child's homework because if you're typing in braille it'll come out in print and if it's print they can read it in braille so i am a big supporter of the braille displays i think that that's i mean you know we talk about braille being vague and cumbersome and whatever doesn't have to be anymore had a little had a little girl who started using a braille display in december of 2018 She is now a girl in the 14th cell, uh, has moved on to a bigger Braille display, and is being considered as a gifted child when she was struggling to read at the beginning of grade two. So that's what Braille is all about, my friends. It's about actually giving people the ability to demonstrate and show their potential.
2: Just very quickly before we cut to break again, just want to quickly say on the Braille display thing, if you have got a Braille display and you've wondered about setting it up with your iPhone, the setup process is actually really simple. It all happens through your settings, through the accessibility settings.
4: Yes.
2: I'm in there just now. Vision, and heading. if I go to
1: voiceover, on. VoiceOver. VoiceOver
2: on. and then I go to Braille,
1: voiceover speaks, tap wants to select, double tap, swipe three to go home to use the app to use control to use notification voice over pra- speaking rate speaking rate speech button verbosity button braille focus 14 bd22 e76 c58
2: button it's already telling me the focus 14's there right so i'm going to go into that for a All second
1: good. six dot button
2: and what i'm going to do is i'm going to go to the bottom again so the final option on the page if i uh select spacebar and then four five six
1: more info button it
2: takes me to a more info button if i just go up one selected Focus fourteen bd
1: twenty two e seventy six c e fifty eight connected connected. That's button.
2: my braille display that's connected. The more info button though. More info button. If you go in there. Braille commands button. It takes you to braille commands and in there. Forget this device. Braille commands. Yeah, button. let's go in there. Braille button. I can arrow down. Device button. Interaction button. Keyboard button. And in here is a full list of all the commands for the Braille display. And it, it's specific to this one, but also generally all Braille displays as well. So even if you don't have a Focus 14, you can still learn where all the commands are. So let me show you just very briefly. Let's go into... Uh, navigation, Navigation, okay, let's go in there.
1: First item, button. Last item, button.
2: Now, that, interestingly, is what I was talking about. So this list is showing you how to get to somewhere through navigation. So first item, first item button. if I go in there... Braille keys, heading. It it tells me the Braille keys.
1: Dot one plus dot two plus dot three plus space bar.
2: There you go. Like I told you. So it's space one, two, three. So that's actually telling you what the command is on the Braille display in order to do that function. And there's lots of different ones in there, tons and tons of them, which you can use. And that's with any Braille display. So if you want to uh, maybe dip your toe in the water here a little bit, connect up your Braille display using uh, the um, voiceover settings. Go into Braille, add your Braille device, and then go into the More Info button next to where the Braille display information is, and you'll find all the Braille commands in there.
4: Stephen, I was just going to quickly say we have this one person who has some significant arthritic problems with her hands in the iPhone. She just can't manage it. She hooked a Braille display up to it and all of a sudden she's able to use her iPhone just fine.
2: And that's the thing, right? That is exactly the thing. Now, I've never talked about this in the show before. But one thing I have had, unfortunately, in the last year or two that started to develop is a slight tremor in my left hand. And that is exactly why this is becoming much better for me because I am Mm left-handed. And being able to navigate the screen, doing doing the double tap is becoming a bit more difficult. So for that reason, this is why I think the Braille display is brilliant. If you do have dexterity issues, you definitely want to think about a Braille display. Anyway, uh, we will talk more. So much more to talk about. What an informative show. Yeah, we love Braille. (laughs) Braille's the best. Uh, Stick around. Lots more to talk about. And uh, we'll also be finding out how Sean got on this week when he tried to learn Braille. (laughs) I can't wait.
1: And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada.
3: Hello, it's me. Welcome back to Double Tap Canada. Now, if you enjoyed Stephen's little live demo there and want to find out more details, then visit our website. Go to doubletap.online. You can read more about Stephen's setup, what he's using, and of course, his beloved Braille display. And even if you're not into that, and to be honest, who's into Stephen? Nobody. There's plenty of other stuff on there. So check it out, doubletap.online. Now, regular listeners may be aware that there is a bit of a running joke on DoubleTap Tap that, oh, Sean stays in his shed all the time, never leaves it, and... Yeah, there is a little bit of truth to that. You know, it's a nice garden shed. I've had it all kitted out. It is my studio. I do a lot of work here. (laughs) You do work? Shut up, Stephen. But lately, I've come to realise something. It's difficult to admit it, but there does come a time when you need to say, No, Sean. Stop talking about it and just get out and do it. There comes a time when you need to step out of your comfort zone and break out of that metaphorical or even physical shed of your own making. A time to shout, Yes, yes, I am Sean. I have things to offer you, world, and you will hear me. If I'm serious about learning Braille, I need to get out there, grab it with both hands, and fulfill my potential. So, brace yourself, world, because here I come. Here we go. Hmm. Yeah. (coughs) Then again, there must be an app out there to help me learn braille. Let's take a look. I don't want to get my hair wet.
4: Did you say I've got a lot to learn? Well, don't think I'm trying not to learn Since this is the perfect spot to learn
3: Okay, so Braille is a skill that we all know we should have in our little blindy bag of tricks. Be it for improved literacy or independence or just another way to access information. Braille is incredibly useful. Yet... Because of the amount of talking tech we have available to us right now, it seems that very few of us take the time to actually learn braille, as we can get by without it. At least, until there's a power cut or a battery runs out. Now, I've been saying for years that I want to learn braille, but of course, I've done nothing about it. There's a few reasons for this. Firstly, yes, I am incredibly lazy, but Putting that to one side, when I first started to look into resources that were available when it came to learning Braille, my local government department told me that there was no demand for it and they had nothing available. Okay, no problem. I'll just buy the stuff I need myself. Which leads to the second problem, cost. A Perkins Brailler. That thing is massive, looks like it comes straight out of the Stone Age, yet costs an absolute fortune. And as for Braille displays... Forget about it, there is absolutely no way I could afford one, and even the new generation of affordable Braille displays such as the Orbit Reader or the Braille Me, I still find it difficult to justify that outlay. So that got me to thinking, is there any way that I can learn Braille using an app or an online service? Now wait, wait, I know what you're thinking. Don't be ridiculous, Sean. Of course you can. You need the physical materials. You need the Braille books. You need the Braille paper. You need to be able to feel, get the tactile sensation of reading Braille. And yes, you're absolutely right. Of course you do. But even if I was just to learn how to type using Braille, that would be a great start. I use FlickType and the Slide to Type feature when I'm entering text on my iPhone, and they're great. But there's absolutely no comparison against someone who's using Braille input to enter text on a touchscreen device. It's so much faster. And if I can learn how to do that and I can do it well, then maybe I will be able to justify the cost of a Perkins Braille or even a Braille display. Anyway, that's my logic. So that's what I'm aiming to do, to be able to type on my iPhone using Braille input. So let's get cracking. Is there any apps on the App Store that can help? Let's find out. Hokey dokey. so I've gone to the App Store and I've searched for Learn Braille. And wow, there are quite a few apps out there. Now, I also went to Twitter and asked for people's opinions and recommendations. And from this and the search results in the App Store, I've downloaded a few. So let's take a look at the first one. It was mentioned a lot. It's called Pocket Braille. Now, before I go any further, let me just say that actually this isn't a learning app at least not what i'm looking for despite people constantly recommending it to me i would say this is more of a lookup or a reference tool for braille there's no step-by-step guides or lessons it's just a series of lists
0: a dot one b dots one and two c dots one and four d dots one four and five
3: there you go now That's not to say it's bad. Far from it. It could be incredibly useful. And I'm sure it's something I'll be coming back to. It covers the alphabet, punctuation, numbers, and even contractions. No, no, not them. The other kind.
0: Contractions. Tab Four of four. F. From. Dots one, two and four. H. Have. Dots one, two and five.
3: And that, in a nutshell, is Pocket Braille. It only costs a couple of dollars and I'm going to keep it as, as I said, I think it could be useful for looking things up. That is its whole purpose. But it's not really what I'm looking for. There's also a free version called Pocket Braille Lite, which just lists the alphabet, just the letters. But maybe that'll be enough for someone to get started for free. Anyway, let's move on to the next one, which is Learn Braille Today. Sounds exactly what I'm looking for. It costs 99 cents. Let's open it up.
0: Landscape. Charge port to the left. Learn Braille today. Menu 1, button. Menu 2, button. Mm. Menu 3, button. <laughs> menu 4, button. A 1 1, but a 1 2, button. A 1 Uh-oh. 3, button. A 1 4, button.
3: Yep, not really accessible. I have no idea what it's going on about. The menu 1, 2, and 3, and 4 seem to do nothing not really much help and I've got to say so many of these braille apps are inaccessible. It blows my mind. What are they thinking? Now to be fair some of the apps say actually they're aimed for sighted users to learn braille which is fair enough but some of them don't say that and to have an app for learning braille be inaccessible it seems crazy. Anyway that's learn braille today totally useless. Let's move on. This next one is called Braille ED or Braille Ed. It costs 99 cents. Let's start it up.
4: Welcome to the Braille
1: ED tutorial. Uh Uh-oh. You may tap the button below to dismiss this tutorial at any time. Help me. (laughs) You may swipe from right to left for the next page now.
3: Sweet child of mine, that's a slow speech rate. And yes, this is a self-voicing app, although you do need to use voiceover when it comes to the menu because the self-voicing doesn't help there. <sighs> Come on, guys, accessibility. Don't worry, for the sake of our sanities, I won't go over the rest of that tutorial, but to be fair, it does cover the basics of Braille, and it's fine. Incredibly annoying, but fine. But once it's done, you get the menu.
0: VoiceOver on Braille D. Learn Alphabet. Button. About button.
3: There's two options and obviously the only one we're interested in is learn braille. But if you double tap on here, you get this.
1: Letter I.
3: So now visually on the screen I have a big letter at the top, in this case the letter I. And underneath I have the six braille dots. I need to tap the dots to make that letter. Sounds great, but sadly totally inaccessible with voiceover on. To be fair, it's all very high-contrast and large print, and yes, it is usable if you have low vision, I suppose. But not being accessible using VoiceOver, come on, that just doesn't feel right. Good idea, but not for me. Let's move on. So three apps down, and as Bono says... Let's not give up, the final app I'm going to take a look at is called Bump Bump Braille Learn. Nice. Let's open it up.
0: Welcome to Bump Bump Braille. You are in the right place to learn Braille.
3: I hope so. Let's swipe through and see what's here.
0: Learn Braille button. Braille alphabet sheet button. Take quiz button.
3: Well, we're off to a good start. All accessible. Let's take the Learn Braille button.
0: Select a lesson of your choice. If you don't know Braille, start off with Grade 1 lesson. Grade 1 Braille Lesson, button. Basic Mathematics Braille Lesson, button.
3: OK, still looking good. Let's choose the Grade 1 Braille option.
0: A Braille cell contains two columns and three rows in each columns. A total of six cells. Feels like three vertical dots next to three more vertical dots. Image, polka dots.
3: <laughs> so, as you heard, there's a image at the top of the screen. That's the first thing I hit. But it does have excellent description. Let's swipe on.
0: Welcome to your lesson. This is the basics of braille, also called grade one braille. Shown above is what is called a full braille cell, which consists of dots one through six. Braille consists of six dots, which combined with particular dots create the braille language. Previous button, next button.
3: Very good, I'm liking it. And it does carry on in the same way. It's excellent, very descriptive and easy to follow. Once you complete this, you will be taken to the quiz, which you also heard on the main menu. And thankfully this too is totally accessible.
0: Hurrah! Which choice represents letter P? Dots one, three, five, and six. Button. No. Dots one, two, and three. Button. Nope. Dots one and two. Button. Uh nope. Dots one, two, three, and four, button. Bingo. Dot one.
3: And I think, ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner. This is really good. And it's free. Now. It's not perfect. It does feel like it needs a little bit more polish and the grade one lesson is over far too soon. According to the description in the app store you can buy extra lessons but I can't find how to do that anywhere. But maybe I'm missing something or it will come with the next update because this is really good. In fact, it's the best one out of the multitude of apps I did download. I didn't show them all here, as most of them were inaccessible. Crazy. But for me, so far, this is the best one. Bump, bump, Braille, learn. And that's it. I've gone on far too long. I know Stephen will be having some sort of brain hemorrhage in the corner. But I've got to say, I am slightly disappointed. The state of the Braille apps in the Apple App Store, at least, it's not great. I expected so much more. Now, perhaps I've missed something and you know that there's a fantastic app out there to help you learn Braille. If you do, of course, get in contact with us, feedback at ami.ca, and let me know. I haven't had time to go into other possible resources such as YouTube or websites, but maybe if there is enough interest, I'll revisit this topic. But I think what I'm taking away from this whole experiment is that, you know what? There is no shortcut. The best way to learn is by contacting your local blind organisation wherever you are in the world. Be that the CNIB, the RNIB, or something like the Hadley Institute. Whether you actually go to classes or get resources sent to you, at the end of the day, you're going to learn far faster and far easier than trying to do it on your own. So come on, people, get out there, make that call, send that email, and get out of your sheds. Unless it's raining, of course. Teach me.
4: Well done,
2: Sean. Well done. Thank you. Yes, you didn't Thank get you. Out, out of the shed. Fair <laughs> enough. But at least you tried. Uh, yeah, so those apps did not seem good at all, did they? I mean, I mean great for sighted people, obviously, but uh, not much good for us.
3: Yeah, it was. It was disappointing. And, you know, we tend to think nowadays that, oh, there'll be an app that can do that because apps are amazing. But in this case, no, it was really disappointing.
2: Well, Rhonda Underhill Gray is with us and been listening in on that as well from CNIB. You're one of the organisations uh, that, of course, you know a lot of people will turn to in Canada for this. I'd imagine probably primarily CNIB. Uh, so the question we're putting it to you, Rhonda, you're, you're, you've got to speak for the whole organisation now. <laughs> uh, so you know, if someone wants to learn Braille in Canada and they're fed up with these horrible apps. What's the option?
4: If the person who wants to learn Braille has sight loss. The CNIB, um, the section of the CNIB, which is now called VLRO, which is vision or VLRC, Vision Loss Rehab Canada, can assign a independent living specialist to teach Braille. So that is the primary way that people can learn it as an adult. I mean, obviously, the schools and the, the um, itinerary specialist teachers will teach Braille, in the the classroom in the specialized schools, such as W. Ross McDonald, of course, teaches Braille. Uh, It was interesting because before I came on to talk to you, that was the question, where do people go to learn Braille? And the interesting thing for me was that I found there were very few places that people with sight could actually learn Braille. So the CNIB actually does do a braille transcription. And if you're willing to volunteer for two years, they will help you learn braille. And in um, return, what you will do is you will help to do braille uh, for people at the CNIB. So things like school assignments, uh, flyers for a particular event or whatever can be sent to the braille room it's kind of one of our best kept secrets nobody knows about this um they do which know. is kind of strange <laughs> um so there is a braille room so they those um, the braille transcriptionist course is it's a great it's a big commitment but that is another way to learn braille so i thought well there's the helen keller institute let me call them I've called them seven times and there's no answer ever. So not even an answering machine. So I don't know if they could help me or not. Uh, it's, <laughs> But, you know, it's like you think you know a lot of these things. And then when you go looking, it's, it's really hard. We at CNIB um, Foundation have something called the Community Hub. And we had a Braille Club. Braille Club at the Hub. Doesn't that sound fun? And the Braille Club um, was a bunch of people who were either interested in producing braille or making braille things happen and so they would go out to things like a maker festival and they could teach people on the spot sort of the basics of braille so there wasn't anything or we haven't seen anything really significant that will allow you to do that however if you want to learn ESL um I, asl that's not a problem you can go and join up for a class that runs on a regular basis so it's kind of interesting that, you know, we, we're encouraging our kids to learn Braille and we really want our uh, adults who are having sight loss to learn. And we talk about things like labeling and using, you know, Braille labels in kitchens and things like that. But how are they supposed to do that if there's no place other than an ILS specialist to teach you? So it is, uh, you know, it is a difficult challenge for people and i you know i don't blame Shane for staying uh, sean sorry sean no, I, don't I don't mind you. i like You're Shane. staying in the shit i'm forgettable <laughs> so so uh, sean you know in canada we do have things called umbrellas maybe we should send you over one you could go out, and your hair would be just fine
3: no that's witchcraft
4: i won't touch them
2: <laughs> <laughs> listen it's interesting you talk about labeling because i've got one of these here i don't think i can get you to hear this Oh, the Dynamo table There you are. Um, yeah, yes. And I got one of these today, actually, uh, because I was I was at uh, one of the over here in the UK. We've got the RNIB, the Royal National Institute of Blind People. Yes. And um, I was in one of the stores today, one of the shops that sell. You know, various things for blind people. And I was asking if I could have one of these. uh... For free? Yeah, well, I I was asking (laughs) to pay for it, in fairness. I was saying, if you've got one, I'll buy it from you. But someone had actually handed one in. But do you know what? The fact they'd handed it in was great, because the one they handed in was the original metal one. This thing, ah, you know, this, this, this could this kill someone. I've had
4: one of those, those since high school. I, yeah, I've had one of those since high school, and it still works.
2: I see it could kill someone. It'll probably kill me. I'll probably, I'll probably drop it on my foot at some point. <laughs> but it is an incredible thing. And, you know, again, I'm thinking, I, I tend to do this. I have a terrible habit of pulling plugs out. I have no idea what they're plugged into. And then suddenly, you know, half the, the, the studio here just disappears. So, you know, I want to label my plugs up. I want to know where things are. Uh, I want to label other things. It's handy for, for sending letters as well and just generally stuff around the house. So, you know, that's the thing. You know, it's, it's Braille has lots of uses. And I'm, I'm really falling in love with Braille. And I think, you know, you know... Uh, what I am talking about here with the braille display, obviously, that's been my kind of way into this. For me, it was a local class Ronda that started up just kind of by chance. I found out about it. Uh, there wasn't really any advertising. It's not really on the the, the nightly news. You don't get the, the update yeah, on it. Yeah, this know? is true. Uh, and that's the problem. Of course, that's why we've got AMI, thank goodness. That's why we've got CNIB, thank goodness. to um, so, to do all this, but you know, I just want to ask, and and you know, if you don't know the answer to this, we'll get it and we'll, we'll put it in. But I am just wondering. Do you have a phone number for people or an email address for people to contact you at CNIB? So someone's listening to this right now, and they're saying, yeah, I want to do this. I want to get involved in this. I want to be in the Braille Club at the Hub. Um, And I've been to that hub, by the way. It's great in there on Yonge Street in Toronto. Absolutely brilliant place. Um, But tell me, uh, how do people get in touch with uh, you at CNIB to, to find out more?
4: We have a website and we always send people to the website because that would be where the most recent information is. And uh, just saying that there's this very exciting activity coming up um, in March on the 7th, we're actually having a family community day that's called the Braille Carnival. And it's a carnival event that is going to be introducing Braille to our community. So families with children um, who have sight and kids who have uh, no sight will actually be coming in and taking part in all kinds of Braille activities. So if you're local in Toronto and want to uh, come by and see us, that's the kind of information we can give you there. Uh, and we're also doing the Braille Challenge, which is for kids that are grade one, two, three, and four this year. Uh, the Braille Institute has this pretty amazing Braille Challenge where our Braille um, students can actually compete against each other and see how well they're doing in learning their Braille. And uh, the Ontario South, uh, which is where we are here in Toronto, is going to be. Doing um, the Braille Challenge for the first time. So, the Braille Challenge has been around for about 20 years, and in 2020, we're bringing it to Ontario. So, we're very excited about our commitment to Braille and making things happen. So, I would say check us out at CNIB's website and um, whatever version of Braille Hub. Braille Club at the Hub, uh, (laughs) it comes and goes. It's a a mouthful. It was kind of fun when we were like, what do we call this? It is like Braille Club at the Hub. I
3: like that. Now you're regretting it. So what is the (laughs) website for people that don't know Rhonda, the website address?
4: Uh, It's www.cnib.ca. And then within that website, there is the VLRC, which is Vision Loss Rehab, which is our teaching component. We have the CNIB Foundation which is where we get to do all of the life-enhancing types of things. And then there's uh, the Deaf-Blind Services uh, of Canada, which uh, is working with people who are hearing-impaired um, as well as vision-impaired. And if you want to think about the impact on Braille, imagine the impact of Braille on someone who can't see or hear. Yeah, and that uh, we did a, a series of podcasts called Because Braille for CNIB, and I spoke with a lady through an intervener and really had an awareness moment of my for myself about the impact. If there is no Braille, what happens to that whole part of our population?
2: It is exactly the point that we should end on, which is that Braille should never die. Uh, I wish this shouldn't end, but it has to. Be, otherwise, AMI <laughs> come in and kick us out. Uh, they have people <laughs> for that. Uh, so look. Uh, I I want to end it there uh, for now, though, Rhonda. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, You represent a fantastic organization, such a fun place as well. I'd spent some time at CNIB with Karen and people there in Toronto when I was there last year, and I hope to spend more time with you guys. You're the first person on the show ever from CNIB. Uh, Give it up for
4: Rhonda.
3: Well done,
2: Rhonda. Thank
4: you. Amazing. Uh, Well. Hopefully, I didn't scare you off too much, and there's so many other things I love to talk oh, about. Oh, you're and coming I back! Tell, I do love to talk, so please do invite me. Most back. of the
2: end, of, most of the time, we say at the end of the show, <laughs> "Listen, you know, it would be lovely if you came back." You're coming back, uh, right? Look, all um, right. <laughs> thank you so much, Rhonda. Just a quick one from us, just to say, if you want to get in touch and share your thoughts on what you've had today on the show, uh, then please do get in touch. You can email feedback at ami.ca. Or you can call toll-free on one 509 4545 Leave your message with us and let us know it's okay to play it on air. And uh, we'll get it on next week's show. Rhonda, thank you so much. Sean, as always, thank you. Thank you. And we'll catch you again. We'll have Tim back with us next week. Keep in touch and uh, keep enjoying Double Tap Canada. We'll see you next time, guys.
1: Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott.
0: This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.
1: The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part